Now, I want you to notice here in Psalms chapter 1, what we just read, that while this is Bible, while it's the Word of God, this is also just common sense too. That Many of you in here uh, growing up, your parents, even if they weren't saved, even if they weren't Bible believers, they probably gave you advice very similar to what we see here in Psalms 1. 1 and notice verse 1, it says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I'm, every parent, everybody in here, your parent, if one time or if not one time, probably a hundred times, told you that you better watch who you hang out with, you better watch who your friends are. They're going to rub off on you. You better watch who you're listening to. You know, if, if you had good parents, they were very interested in who your friends were. They want to know who you were hanging around with because they understood that certain things were going to rub off on you. And what we're, we're going to continue uh, this series that we've been going through on how to change your culture. How to change your culture. And in case you uh, haven't heard the last couple messages on this, it's very common. Uh, we're seeing people get saved all the time. And when a person gets saved, if they come from a very rough background, if they lived a very rough life, it's often hard to change their lifestyle into one that is like a Christian. And just because you're saved, it does not mean your life is just going to be an easy breeze. Everything's going to be fine. A lot of people, they get saved thinking this is going to make my life easier, but then you know, not realizing that you know, after you get saved, the devil's going to attack you. He's going to try to keep you in your sin because if you, if you quit the sin that you were doing before, if you change your life, you're going to be a very happy person. He hates that. And you're probably going to win other people to Christ too. And he doesn't want that either. So he's going to attack you. There's going to be attacks that are going to come your way. And it's important that you overcome these things. That you change who you are. That you change what you do. That you change your practices. That you change the culture so you can set things up better for your children for the next generation. So, because the person who gets saved, while you do have a new nature, while you do now have that inner man, the old nature is still there, isn't it? We all still have the same flesh that we were born with, the exact same flesh that we had before we got saved. And if we're not careful, we can fall back in our old ways. It can, you can very easily do that. And we've got a lot of preachers today, they act like if you fall back in your old ways, you were never saved to begin with. Well, the thing is, that you know, has me scratch my head on that, then why is it that we see so often where children who grow up in Christian homes and even get saved at a young age, they often go do the same things. Now, well, these you know these Kameny preachers, they'll just say, well, they never really got born again to begin with. But the truth is, the reason a saved child who grew up in a Christian home often goes that direction is because they weren't taught that they're made out of the same flesh that the lost world is made out of. The same junk that the world's all doing, just going according to what their flesh desires, even someone who grew up in a Christian home their flesh has those same desires. And if they're not careful, if they're not taught to walk in the Spirit, if they're not warned about the things of the flesh and how destructive they are, it is very possible for someone who grew up very sheltered to go and to get involved in the drinking and the drugs and all the immorality. That can happen even to someone who grew up in a Christian home. So we've got to make sure that we establish some things in our life, that we maintain some things in our life Otherwise, we're going to get sucked into that worldly culture. 
And every day, we are surrounded by many things that are influences in our life. And so the first week, we talked about how if we're going to change our culture. starts with the leadership. you got to get the leadership right. Second week, we talked about... Anybody remember? Come on, you got to help me out because I can't remember. I don't, um, traditions? What's that? What was the other one? I think we've done three. There was traditions and... Uh, well, I don't even remember what it was. Purpose. Yeah, you got to have a purpose. You got to teach them why. Right? You got to teach them why. That was last week. All right. Thank you very much. Somebody paid attention. So, uh, and this week we're talking about influences. Okay? We've got to have the right influences in our life. We've all got the same flesh that the world has. And the only, one of the main things we need to do to combat that is make sure we have the right kind of influences in our life. If you don't have those things, you're probably going to do what the rest of the world is doing. And there are a lot of bad influences out there. And you need to change those things. You need, if you have bad influences, you need to get them. You need to get the right kind of your life. And so, and there's something, you know, there's some influences we can't do anything about. But there are some things that we can do something about. So, what are some things that we need to change that are influences in our life after we get saved? And first thing, and I've got I've got a three point alliterated message today. I never have alliterated messages, all right. But the third point you're going to see where I kind of I stretch it a little bit, all right. But at the same time, you'll get the point. It'll help you remember it because I, I never alliterate messages. My dad could like alliterate every message. He can even alliterate his subpoints. I I, I alliterate maybe one out of a hundred sermons, if that. But anyway, first thing you need to do is you need to change your counselors, and that's what we see here. In Psalms chapter 1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly. Everybody today has somebody that they get counsel from. You know, you say, well, I don't have a counselor. Well, you know, you don't have like a paid counselor that you go to. You know, some people have those. But the truth is, we all have counselors in our life. We all have our friends that we like to talk about and bounce things off of. We're, we're all very influenced by the people that we're around. That's why people, you know, and you say, oh, I'm not like that. Well, then explain some of just the crazy hairdos that have gone through society. You know, have you ever looked back at a picture of yourself and thought, why did I ever have that hairdo? You know why you had that hairdo? Because everybody else had that hairdo. You know, when you're talking to your friends, how should I do my hair? They're advising you to do what everybody else is doing. And you, did, and you, you wore that ridiculous outfit. You know, you did your makeup in that messed up way, all right? You know, I haven't seen the women here doing it, so I'm not picking on anybody, but I've talked about this before. What's with the shocked eyebrow thing? In every picture on Facebook, you know, their eyebrows are all up like they just got scared to death. It's the dumbest looking thing I've ever seen in my life. And women are doing that all over social media. Why? Because of influences. Because all their other Facebook friends are doing it. All their other Facebook friends look stupid, so they're going to look stupid too. Remember, your parents, they used to say if all your friends ran off a cliff, you know, would you go do the same thing? The answer of today's generation is yes. That's exactly what they would do. When everybody was wearing big, you know, huge baggy pants that hung down to the ground, you know, that was down to the, the waist was around their knees, everybody was doing that. Somebody else came along and said, wear them skin tight. And then everybody went along with that too. You know, it's counsel. You're following counsel. You don't even realize it many times. And if you're around ungodly counsel, you're going to do ungodly things. You're going to do what the rest of this world is doing. We've got to make sure we stay away from that stuff. 
Second Chronicles chapter 22, verse 2 says, Forty and two years old was Ahaziah when he began to reign, and he reigned one year in Jerusalem. His mother's name was also, also was Athaliah, the daughter of Amri. He also walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. And this guy was in a real bad situation because normally it's a good rule of thumb to follow the counsel of your mother. In this guy's case, it got him killed early. His mother was his counselor to do wickedly. It says in verse 4, Wherefore he did evil in the sight of the Lord like the house of Ahab, for they were his counselors after the death of his father to his destruction. Ahab was a wicked man with wicked counselors. Ahaziah has the same counselors as, his, as Ahab did and it destroyed him. It was to his destruction. He walked also after their counsel and went with Jehoram, the son of Ahab, king of Israel, to war against Hazael, king of Syria, at Ramoth-Gilead, and the Syrians smote Joram. So we see Ahaziah was destroyed from following bad counsel. One thing you've got to do when you're getting counsel, when you're deciding what you're going to do, whatever it is, whether it comes to what you wear, you know, where you, you know, your, your education, Whatever it is, you ought to consider the source of who you're getting your information from or who you're getting your counsel from. It says in Proverbs 11.14, Where no counsel is, the people fall, but in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. So we see in the Bible where we're supposed to follow counselors, but you've got to make sure they're the right kind of counselors. Otherwise, you're going to be like Ahaziah. You've got to consider the source. Ladies, if you're having marriage problems and you're getting counsel from a woman that's been married 14 times, you need to consider the source. She doesn't know what she's talking about. She don't, you know, if you're, you know, she has no idea how to get through the hard times and how to be faithful. You need to consider that source. If you're going to get advice on parenting, don't get advice from the person who every one of their kids are doing time right now. You know, get advice from someone who actually produced some godly children that are doing right. Okay, because a lot of people think, well, I, I sought counsel. And I've heard people before, when they're like trying to excuse a bad decision that they made, one thing that they'll keep doing without me even asking is keep saying, well, I sought counsel. You know, I sought counsel. I prayed about it. And if you have to keep telling me you prayed about it, and if you have to keep telling me you sought counsel, then it's probably because you know it's a bad decision. But just because you saw a counsel doesn't mean you did the right thing. It's got to be the right kind of counsel. It's got to be counsel that follows the Bible. And it's funny because many people, they like to bring up the story of Rehoboam. And we're not, we're not going to go to that story. Rehoboam, remember what he did? He followed the counsel of the young men. And it destroyed him, didn't he? And so then you'll have people today that will say, well, that's why you've got to make sure you only go to old people. Well, what's funny, if you go to the very next chapter, we have a young prophet who listened to an old prophet over the Word of the Lord and it got him killed, didn't it? So these same people will say, well, it's just about age. No, it's about who lines up with the Word of God. It's about whose counsel goes along with the Bible. That's who we're going to follow. It's not, about, it's not even about who it is. In the case of Ahaziah, his mother... It was his mother. Her counsel got him killed because she was a wicked woman with Rehoboam. Yes, the old guys got it right. But in the very next chapter, the old prophet got it wrong. The old prophet lied to him and got him killed. 
So the important thing you've got to understand when it comes to your counselors, it's got to be those whose counsel lines up with the Word of God. Now, where are you going to be most likely to find that kind of counsel? It's going to be in the house of God. It's going to be amongst God's people. It's going to be amongst Bible believers. And if you want to change your culture, you need to change who your counselors are. And one of the best ways you can do that is to get into church. You need to get into church. You need to get around the things of God. You need to get into the Word of God. That's how you're going to know what good counsel is versus bad counsel. If you hear other people, they're telling, giving you counsel that lines up with the Word of God, then you can say, well... I guess this is good counsel. I mentioned this morning during Sunday school. You know, we have that the, that parable about taking the lower seat, all that. You know, that's a great principle in life. That's another thing too, like uh, Psalms one, that many worldly people teach these same concepts. Why? Because these are just clear, established truths. They don't always know that their counsel lines up with the Bible. But when we hear that counsel, knowing that it lines up with the Bible, we it, that tells us we ought to follow this. And you've got to make sure you have the right kind of counselors in your life. Otherwise, you're going to be destroyed. The way of the ungodly shall perish, says in Psalms 1. So you need to consider the results also of following your past counselors. You know, you, you ought, when, I went to, when I used to have a detention home ministry, I talked to young kids in jail every week. Now, we were not allowed to ask them why they were in there. But if they volunteer that information, you know, we could listen to it. And often, you know, they would want to tell their story and they would want to tell why they were there. And most stories in you know started off with I was with my friends. Almost every story. I was with my friends and I you know did this and I got in trouble, or my friends talked me into doing this. It always started I was with my friends. And they would constantly be talking about their friends. And I would always like to ask them, where are your friends right now? Oh, they didn't, they didn't get caught? You're the one that's in jail right now? And they, a lot of these kids too, they would get out and then they would come back again. You know why? Because they would go get around those friends again. And then they would keep doing the same things and I would tell them, you know, it's time for you to get some new friends. These are not friends. They're getting you in trouble. You've got to stop listening to these people. Their counsel is always getting you in trouble and they're never the ones that are in here. It's always you that's getting the bad end of things. And if you don't change your counselors, if you don't stop listening to these people, you're going to be in trouble. And this goes along with it too. Uh, but you need to change, you've got to change your companions. Okay? Those are usually your counselors. Those that you hang around. Okay, now your counselors, some, for some of you today, it might be, you know, the talk show host that you watch. Some of you might get all your political counsel from, you know, Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity or Rachel Maddow and, you know, people like that. Chris Matthews, not Chris Matthew, Chris Matthews. Uh, you know, you might get it from people like that. You know, if you're, if that, if that's the people that you're listening to, it's gonna affect you in a negative way, but the people we listen to the most are those that we actually physically hang around. You've got to change your companions. Proverbs 13.20, He that walketh with wise men shall be wise, but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. It is very common and it is very likely for people who aren't even necessarily following the counsel of the wicked, but if they are just companions of the wicked, that they get in trouble. There were also people I talked to in the detention home 
who were in the detention home because they were present with people who were committing crimes. And because they were present, because they were in the vehicle, many cases, they ended up going to jail too. They ended up becoming accessories and things like that. You, and so you've got to make sure that you're staying away from certain people. It's not just about not listening to them. And you've got a lot of people too, especially young people, they think, well, I'm going to go and I'll be a good influence on these people. You know, I'll hang around them and I will help them to be better. You often have that female who thinks, I'm going to change this guy. You know, that's a dirty bum. That's no good. She thinks that she's going to go, she's going to be a good influence to him, and she's going to change him for the better. But the truth is, it's a lot easier to change someone for the worse than it is to change someone for the better. And we see over and over again people getting in trouble just because they are hanging around fools. Proverbs 22.24 says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get a snare to thy soul. What does that mean to learn his ways? It means his ways are going to rub off on you. You're going to start acting the way he acts. You're not like him at first. You might even be against what he does. He might be somebody that you wouldn't necessarily listen to, but for whatever reason, you hang around him and then you're surprised when you start acting like him. And we've got a lot of people today who they're from bad cultures and they get saved and then their life doesn't change is because they're still hanging around all the same people. If you are a drunk and you get saved and you decide to quit drinking, you know, it's important also that you quit hanging around the drunks too. If you hang around the drunks, it's only a matter of time and you're going to be drinking with them again. A companion of fools shall be destroyed. You might, you know, one thing you've got to do, you may need to start setting some boundaries even with your family. Because for many people, and I, and I hate to say this, and I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to be mean, but often the companion of, fool, companion of fools that people hang with are family members. And I am all for loving your family members no matter what. You know, you're not gonna, I mean, nothing's gonna make you stop loving your, your parents, your sister, all that kind of thing. You ought to love those people. You ought to want to be around, but sometimes you have to set some boundaries even with your family. If you have family and they're into drugs and if they're into alcohol, you've got to understand that you know we probably aren't going to be able to let our kids go spend the night at their house. Maybe they let just anyone into their homes. You've got to take that into consideration. You, I mean, a lot of people think, well, their family, nothing would ever happen. Do you know how many you know, sexual crimes and how many times of molestation is done by family members. And folks, I am amazed today at how many people have family members, known perverts, known predators, but because they're family, they will still allow their kids around that person. They're thinking, well, I would never do anything to one of my nieces or nephews. I would never do anything to someone in my family, but you don't, they don't understand these reprobates would. It doesn't matter that they're family, and you got to set some. You got to set some boundaries. You know, there's and and there's oftentimes too, where even grandparents, they don't like. Maybe you know, you maybe you've got Catholic grandparents, and sometimes grandparents they know their place. They understand that hey, you know, I'm not supposed to change my. You know, I'm not supposed to go against my kids 
and how they're trying to parent their children. But you know what? Some grandparents do. There's some grandparents, I mean, they'll, man, they'll sneak your kid off to a confessional booth to go visit a priest. And who knows what's going to happen there. I mean, there's, there's grandparents that will go against the will of the parents in those things and try to shove false doctrine down the kids' throats. You've got to watch out for that stuff. If that's the case, if you actually want to succeed in changing the culture of your family, that might mean that you have to set some serious boundaries with your family. You might have to say, Mom, Dad, we love you, but our kids can't go to church with you. Our kids can't spend the night at your house. We can't, you know, we're, we're not going to be at the family function, you know, if, you know, so and so's there with his boyfriend. You know, you might have to do those things, and your family's going to look down on you. Your family's going to say bad things about you. But, you know, I'm not going to be destroyed. I'm not going to let my family be destroyed with, the, with, the, with them. I'm not going to do that. My kids are too important. I'm responsible for them. And my family's not going down even with the rest of my family. So you might need to set some boundaries. I'm not saying you've got to cut everyone off and never talk to anyone again, but you might need to set some boundaries. You need to set some boundaries with your neighbors. And I know we're supposed to be nice to our neighbors. I know the Bible says love your neighbor, but it's not loving your neighbor. And it's not even loving your family when you never tell them the truth. You're not loving your neighbor. You're not loving your family when you, never, when you don't take a stand. If they're doing things that are destroying their lives and you never say anything, you don't love your neighbor. But understand, in many cases, if you do love your neighbor and you say things that they need to hear, if you love your family and you say things they need to hear, they're not going to want to be around you anymore. And then they're going to turn around and accuse you of not loving your neighbor. That's exactly what they're going to do. But we know the truth on that. You might need to set some boundaries. Just because they're your neighbor doesn't mean they have the right to let their kids come over to your house whenever they want. doesn't mean that you ought to let your kids go over to their house. Who knows what goes on in that home? Who knows what kind of things they're going to, be, they're going to tell your kids and teach your kids. And as Christian parents, it's important. We, I believe we should shelter our kids. I believe there are things that we ought to protect them from. There's things that don't need to be introduced to them at very young ages. And if you allow them to have the wrong kind of companions, that's going to fail. That's going to blow up in your face. They're going to learn things that you don't want them to learn. They're going to get things in their head that they're never going to get out. And the last thing we need is them learning about all these things at a young age in the formulative years of their lives. We need to wait as long as possible, we need to make sure weird things continue to seem weird to them. We've got to, we've got to help with that. And companions makes all the difference in the world. You might even need to set some boundaries with your church family. You need to understand, I understand we're a church family. But you all realize that, you know, as our church grows too, you know, we're, you're constantly going to have new people coming in. You're going to have people that have maybe not been saved very long. Maybe they have kids that have already been corrupted pretty bad. And they're trying. We want to be nice to these people. We want to be a blessing. We want to try to help these people. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with you just setting some boundaries and saying, you know, we're not doing the sleepover thing. You know, we're not, you know, we're not just going to let our kids go off and do whatever. You, know, you have to set some boundaries. Be friendly to everyone, but you don't have to just be best friends with everyone. You don't have to just let everyone in your home and just around your kids, go ahead and set some boundaries. And you know you don't have to be public about it. If there's somebody in the church that just creeps you out and you think they might be dangerous around your family, you don't have to go tell everybody in the church, I don't let these people around my kids. You know, just you keep that to yourself. 
You keep that to yourself. You be quiet about it. Be careful what you say around your kids. You don't want them going repeating all that stuff. You know, my dad gets the heebie-jeebies around you, so he, you know, we're not allowed to be. Anywhere, you know, you, you don't want that happening. You know, you'll be careful with that stuff, but you are allowed to set some boundaries. And just because we go to church together does not mean that we have the right to just be at your house whenever we want, drop our kids off whenever we want, and just you know, no. We all need boundaries. It's important that we have these things. And obviously, no two families in the world are exactly alike. There's always going to be some differences. But the thing is, if we're going to, when it comes to our companions, we're not looking for perfect companions, but we are looking for good influences. And we also want to be a good influence. So the key is just having some boundaries, just having some rules, just having some clear rules in your home that you follow, that you just practice for everyone, and then nobody can get insulted later. Say, so, well, you know, we we just we don't do that. We don't do sleepovers. Nothing personal. But, you know, there's perverts out there. There's dangerous things that can happen. So we're not going to, you know, we just don't do that. You know, set some boundaries. Set some rules. Because right? your child might not be a fool, but if you go and you put them in a house full of a bunch of fools, who knows what can happen? Bad things happen by being around bad people. And I'm amazed today at how many people are struggling to be good Christians and they can't seem to figure out why. And to me, it's just real obvious. Look who you're spending all your time with. Your companions are going to have a huge effect. That has a huge influence. And you need to get around good people. So change your, change your counselors. Change your companions. And this one here, I might have stretched this one a little bit. Change your channel. Alright, change the channel. I hate to bring this kind of thing up, but go to Psalms chapter 101. Psalms chapter 101. Pat, some do not talk about my television. Well, I'm going to you. I'm going, I'm going to, I'm going to talk about the, what you're programming yourself with. This is, this Psalm right here, I'm telling you, they had TVs back in the Bible days. Alright, because I don't know what else this could be talking about. And I say change your channel just because it starts with a C, but at the same time, it's not just about changing your channel, but it's about changing what you're being programmed with. Because if you don't think you're getting programmed by what you're watching on the television, and not even just the television, the computer, you might not have a television, but if you have a computer, you can get pretty much anything on there you can get on the television. If you have a cell phone, a smartphone, you can get pretty much anything you can get on television on your smartphone. And you've got to understand that those programs that are coming through there are meant to do just that, to program you. And folks, it's working. That is why we see the mass stupidity in our world today, because we are being programmed. And I, you know, and I'm I'm out of the loop on a lot of things. You know, I just I I, I don't know how to. And I, don't, I don't even really want to keep up with the latest trends. But even my kids sometimes they pick up things, and I'm like, that's going on in society that I don't understand. I, I constantly have to have them explain things to me about society. My boys were telling me, you know, this, this Area 51 raid that's coming up is real big, and they were telling me about this elaborate plan that's out there on the Internet to raid Area 51, and they were telling me about how they were going to send these Naruto runners or something. And I didn't even know what that was. And they're like, it's people who run with their arms behind their back. And I'm like, who runs with their arms behind their back? And so I didn't really think anything of it. And then the other day, out there on that racetrack out there, there was a bunch of kids out there running, and I watched some kid, and he's running with his arms behind his back like that. I'm like, what in the world? It's like, 
So I was like, do people? And so I asked, I asked the kids later. I was like, do people actually do that, or is that just like some internet thing? And they explained to me that it has something to do with like these uh, anime cartoons, and I guess people Naruto run like that on there. And so apparently, it is a big thing on the internet. I had no idea, but I'm seeing a kid running like that. It doesn't make sense, okay? To run with your arms behind your back like that, but apparently. That's a thing going across the internet to the point the kids are now running with their arms behind their back. I I do quite a bit of running. That doesn't help. It doesn't make you go faster. It might make you feel like you're going faster if you're moving so fast your your hands can't can't keep up with you. But that's going to slow you down. Actually running like that. And you say, you know, what's the big deal about that? The big deal is that everybody is doing the same stupid stuff today. Women are taking pictures like they're shocked. With the crazy eyebrow thing, you know, everybody does the same stuff. I mean, just weird things that people do that I don't understand, and they all have names too. I'll talk about these things, and my kids like know what the names of these things are, and I'm just, you know, I'm like, why are people, you know, planking? I guess I think that's old, you know. Just all these different fads that have gone through. Why are they doing that? Why are people dressing the way they do? Why in the world? Are shorts going back to like they were in the 70s and 80s? I thought I thought that was gross. I thought we looked back at that and we laughed at that and we said that was disgusting. Why in the world are we going back to guys wearing short shorts, showing their thighs? I thought those were called Daisy Dukes. I thought women did that. I thought women did that. I remember when I was on the bus route, we had this one kid. He was this real nerdy kid that was super tall that would come on the bus and he wore he always was wearing these short shorts. And everybody called them Daisy Dukes. Right? Because guys don't wear short shorts. But apparently now guys wear short shorts. And in effeminate colors. In pink. I saw a Baptist pass the other day on social media. Wearing pink short shorts. Why would they do that? That's, that can't be comfortable. I, I, just, I don't want to go around exposing my thigh to the whole world. I'm not comfortable with that. I like to, I like to be covered. And I see all these people doing these things, and I, you ask yourself, what in the world is creating these ridiculous trends? I'll tell you what it is. It's what they're putting before their eyes. It says in Psalms 101, verse 1, I will sing of mercy and judgment unto thee, O Lord, will I sing. I will behave myself wisely in a perfect way. O one without come unto me, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. And right after that, Right after he says, I will walk within my house with a perfect heart, he says, I will set no wicked thing before mine eyes. Now, what was he going to put before his eyes back then? What was he going to put before his eyes back then? I'm telling you, this is prophetic. This is a television. I hate the work of them that turn aside. It shall not cleave to me. Why did he say Because these things that you watch, they attach themselves to you. You know, a lot of the foolish phrases and things, and I, I say some of these things, just the, the, the dumb vernacular that's out there. Where does it come from? Somebody's saying it on TV all the time. I remember back when I worked at McDonald's. You know what people used to say all the time that I even caught myself saying? Whenever they get mad, it was, don't. Everybody, now, anybody know where that's from? Yeah, so you're all shaking your head. You know where that's from. Shame on you. I never watched that, all right? I never, I never watched that. But I remember I, I said that one time. 
And, and I, I got accused of watching The Simpsons. And we weren't allowed to watch The Simpsons growing up. And I got accused of watching The Simpsons saying, don't. And I was like, they're like, why'd you say that? You've been watching The Simpsons? I'm like, no. Say it at work all the time. Well, that's from The Simpsons. It's like, don't. <laughs> I mean, oops. I guess can't say that anymore. Alright. Now, why did I do that? It's because of the people I was around in that situation because of my companions. But in their situation, it was because of the programming that they're getting. They're watching all that foolishness. They're watching that junk. And we all have things. I don't even know what the latest and greatest things are now that you know everybody's doing and the things that people are saying. But it's because of what they watch. And it does. It cleaves to you. It attaches to you. It says, A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. Well, how, do we, how is it that we get to know these people? I mean, you just think about these just dirtbags that are out there who's, that are rubbing off on our entire culture. How do people know who they are? It's because of the stinking television. You ask me, what in the world have the Kardashians ever contributed to society? What in the world have they ever accomplished? Yet, look at how influential they are. Why? Because they're on television all the time. They're always on television. People are being programmed with this foolishness. And we wonder why all these things are going on. It's because of what people are watching. These things are influencing them in a bad way. And if you think you're going to live a separated life and not be like the world and you're going to watch all the junk that they're watching, good luck with that. It's just not going to happen. It's going to cleave to you. You're going to talk the way they talk. You're going to act the way they act. You're going to want to dress the way they dress. Keep watching television and you will. You'll be out there wearing short pink shorts. You will. And you'll be, and you you won't now because you know here we'll make fun of you and say you look like a homo and things like that because you have some good companions around here, but if you watch it on television enough, you're going to think it. You're going to want to when you go on vacation, we're going to go somewhere where nobody's going to see you. You're going to want to fit in with the culture out there and you're going to wear your pink Daisy Dukes. And so I don't wear the pink ones. Well, you know what? These, you know, they, a lot of them are wearing like a, like a teal. It's just effeminate colors. You know, teals can be guys, but it's always just wimpy, weak colors that they wear. And it, 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 makes, it makes me so sick. First time I saw it, it was just a, couple, just a couple years ago. This is a newer fad. We were in Chicago. And I remember I saw two guys walking down the streets. I'm like, almost. They were both wearing these short shorts like that. But then I was kind of watching. I'm like, you know, from the waist up, they don't fit the stereotype. But I'm telling you, with, with, the, with those shorts, and I said, everybody's wearing these short shorts. I'm like, is everybody got my guy in Chicago a homo? All right, you know, it's called metrosexual. You know, and, and people in the cities, they're usually a little more up to date with the fashion trends and things like that. So when us country people, when we go to the city, we get shocked by that stuff. And we think everybody's a homo. But the, the truth is, you know, it takes a little while for that stuff to get out of here. But folks, it's coming out here. It's coming to Rock Falls. We need to keep that junk out of here, all right? You need to keep looking at people, you know, weird. You need to keep mistaking them for homos and things like that so they'll be ashamed and maybe go get some man pants on. Go get them some John Wayne cowboy boots or something like that. You know, whatever they got to do so nobody mistakes them for being a homo or something like that. You, But I'm telling you, you let your kids watch that stuff, they're going to they're gonna start asking, Mom, Dad, can I buy that? Can I wear that? Can I do my hair this way? 
your daughter's going to come, hey, can I shave my head and pierce my nose and all that kind of stuff? That's what they're going to want. That, that's what they're going to want to do. If they watch that stuff. If you let them watch and listen to these uh, singers that are out there today, these artists as they call them, they're going to want to do the stuff that they do. Don't watch that stuff. That is a humongous influence. And I'm telling you right now, probably more than the television stars, the actors, but singers are probably the biggest influence of all. It's the singers that usually start the trends. It's the singers. They are powerful. The, you know, their YouTube, the, you know, the, the highest uh, counts on YouTube videos and things are usually songs. Singers. And they're, they're promoting filth, perversion, immorality. You've got to keep that stuff away. Television, 100% of the time, television uses things of the flesh to influence you. Commercials try to get you to buy their product. They don't use ugly people. Okay? They're, they're using good looking people. Why? Because they want to get your attention. They know what gets your attention. You know, they, they know, they have, they do studies on these things. They are very effective. And we, we cannot forget, we can never forget about the infirmity of our flesh. Romans 6.19 says, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members servants to righteousness unto holiness. We have that infirmity of the flesh. It's something that is working against us and we have to, on purpose, yield to the things of the Spirit. Otherwise, we're going to just go along with the flesh. And you know, the truth is, when it comes to, when it comes, when it comes to your television, right? You know, is a good, entertaining story in and of itself a bad thing? I mean, you know, who doesn't like watching John Wayne, you know, get in fights and, you know, shoot everybody and all that kind of stuff? I'm sure that's probably sinful, but who doesn't enjoy that, alright? I know we got some John Wayne fans in here. I, I, I know, I know it. Go ahead, go ahead. You, you you can confess it here. All right, we'll give you forgiveness. All right, but you know, obviously, you know, so there, there's some things the entertainment in themselves. I'm not saying is a bad thing, but folks, there you know today especially, and it was it was like this back in the old days too, but it is more so today. There is always some kind within in every entertainment some kind of just wicked propaganda. Every time. There's always some kind of political message in there that they're trying to push. Some kind of social awareness thing that they're trying to push in there every single time. Now, why are they doing that? Okay. Well, first off, and I don't, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this, but you know, every, all these television companies, they're all in association with this and association with that. There are, I mean, anything that comes across the television, it's in association with something that is trying to change your mind when it comes to the homosexuals, when it comes to just, you know, political things. They are, I mean, we went, we took our kids when we were in Brants, so we watched one of these IMAX things on NASA and space and all these things. Well, you know, who did they have doing the narration on that? Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, now Jennifer Lawrence. She's about as eloquent as a bullfrog, all right? You know, first, I, I can't stand that woman. She does not have a great voice. You don't even see her on there. But why did they have her narrate? You know why? Because it gets the attention of the young people. She's somebody that Hollywood has put out there in a big way. She gets the attention of the young people. Now, why do they need Jennifer Lawrence to get the attention of the young people when it comes to this program on NASA? 
I'll tell you why. Because after you see all the cool videos of everything, they shove global warming down your throat. Every single time. That's why they do that. Because there's a political message. Now, is it wrong to go watch something about space and NASA and all that kind of stuff? No. Okay? But the thing is, understand, they're going to try to send a political message to you in these things. Is it wrong for you to go to a museum and see old things? No. But understand, they're going to shove a political message down your throat and they're going to talk about billions and billions of years ago and global warming. We're destroying the planet every single time. There is, there is no form of entertainment today that you can do. There is no big thing that you can go to. I mean, an aquarium, you're going to hear about, we're destroying the environment. Every time, there's always a political message. So I understand, you know, when it comes to just entertainment of itself, yeah, it's cool, you know, watching superheroes, you know, guys fly around and shoot lasers out of his eyes. Everybody loves Superman. But there's always, always a political message. Every time, it never fails, and you better watch it, that stuff's going to cleave to you. And we're seeing this junk cleave to Christians today. You know why? Because we have all the same influences that the world has. And even me talking, saying anything against global warming, some probably think, man, you're crazy. Well, yeah, it's because you're watching all the programming. You need to get deprogrammed. You need to stop watching all that stuff, especially if it's influencing you like that. It's dangerous. You must control what's going in your head. Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. Challenge for the week. Somebody find me a movie that's focused on that which is honest, just, Pure, lovely, and of good report. Find that for me. Find me one. That'd be the most boring movie in the world for our flesh. Our flesh isn't going to enjoy that one bit. You go find one thing that Hollywood's putting out that fits that category, and I'll eat it. Alright? I'll eat that DVD. I, no, I but it's not there. It's not there. Why? Because they are, they're, they are trying to program. And it is working. And you don't think it's working. You just walk out of this building and you just go look at every freak that's out there and every weird thing people are doing. They got that idea from somewhere. Most of the time, we don't know where it came from because we're not watching all the stuff. But let me tell you something. If Taylor Swift shaves the sides of her heads tomorrow, you're going to see thousands of girls doing the same thing. If Taylor Swift goes and has her two front teeth removed. You're going to see all kinds of girls doing the same thing. I promise you that. That's how, pro, that's how programmed people are. And if Taylor Swift goes and jumps off a cliff tomorrow, and I wish she would, you know, there's going to be thousands of girls that are going to follow her off the cliff. That is the world we live in today. And you, don't, you think you're lying? Let me tell you, if I'd have said five years ago, Guys are going to be going around wearing skinny jeans. You know, you know, no, they're not. Guys are going to go around wearing pink Daisy Dukes. Pastors, you'd have been, ah, no, they're not going to do that. Well, the right person did it in Hollywood. The right person did it on TV, and now they're all doing it. And I refuse to do that. And boy, I hope you hold this against me. If I start watching too much television. 
And I, I, I will. I'll get the desire to wear pink Daisy Dukes. And I hope when I wear pink Daisy Dukes, I hope I get fired from this church. I hope you all fire me for dressing like a homo and being two-faced and a liar for preaching. At the, I, I do. I, you all fire me if you ever see me out in pink Daisy Dukes. Alright? I'm holding you to that. I need you to do that. I don't want it happening to me. And there's real forces out there trying to put that on people. We don't want, don't let it cleave. It will not cleave to me. I'm not going to let it cleave to me. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to make sure I have the right kind of counselors. I'm going to keep hanging out with preachers that preach hard against that junk. I'm going to keep hanging around preachers like that. I want to be around people in my church that aren't getting caught up in that stuff, that aren't doing it themselves. And I'm going to stay away from the programming that's out there. I'm not going to do like everyone else. I'm not going to go and in the next Super Bowl watch all the commercials with everyone else that they paid millions of dollars for because that's like everybody's favorite part. I hear Christians talk about that. Oh, I just like watching the Super Bowl for the commercials. Yeah, ready to get your annual programming. That's what you're, that's what you're, going, that's what you're doing, that, doing there. That's all you're accomplishing there. I intend to miss those things. And while everyone else is looking like a homo, I'm going to still be out there looking like a man. That is my intention. That is my plan. And we got to make sure we have the, we keep our influences right. We need it for the next generation. We need it so we can be better, happier people. And so with that, let's pray. Dear Lord, we thank You so much for Your Word. I pray You help us to practice these things in our life. Help us to keep the right influences, Lord. Help us get the right companions. Help us keep the right counselors, Lord. And help people to just change the channel when it comes to the programming. Oh Lord, we thankful, uh, we're thankful for the good things that are out there, at least on the Internet. There's good preaching, good documentaries. There's good uh, things out there promoting, uh, promoting that which is good. And I pray it'll help us to focus on these things so we do not uh, go the way of the world. Lord, it is going over a cliff, and I pray that uh, we will not follow it. We'll stay close to You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Let's go ahead and...